2030 having come and just barely gone, we'll call to order the Finance Committee of Monday, January 27th, 2020, and staff will call the roll. Alder Bidar. Present. Alder Campbell. Here. Alder McKinney. Present. Alder Moreland. Here. Alder Revere. Here. Mayor Rhodes Conway. Present. We have quorum. Thank you. All right. Uh, are there any disclosures or recusals on any items on the agenda? Seeing none, and we'll move to the consent agenda. We do have two folks here in support and available to answer questions on item 19. Greg Murray, representing Madison Gas and Electric, and Ken Prosetto, also representing Madison Gas and Electric. And so I'll note that in case we have questions when we get to the appropriate time. And are there items that others wish to have uh, excluded from the consent agenda? Alder Rivera. Thank you, Mayor. I have some questions on agenda items number 11 and 18, please. 11 and 18 will be excluded. Any additional items that should be excluded from the consent agenda? Alder Moreland. Uh, 12 and 13, just clarification. Mm -hmm. Any additional items to be excluded from the consent agenda? Okay, seeing none, that means that our consent agenda will include items 1 through 10, and then items 14 through 17, and item 19. Are there any questions for the registrants on item 19? Seeing none, um, a motion, Alder Bidar. Move the consent agenda. Second. Seconded. All in favor, aye. 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 Any opposed, no? And all of those items are adopted with their recommendations. And that will bring us to item number 11. Alder Bidar. Adoption and second. Moved and seconded to adopt. Questions or discussion? Alder Rivera. Thank you, Mayor. I'd like Mike Lipsky to provide us just a quick overview. Obviously, we read your memo, Mike. Could you, I'll just start you off by saying I'd appreciate it if you'd talk a little more about the meet and confer process with the employee associations and then your conversations with the affected Comp Group 17 employees. Sure. Um, as you know, since the union contracts um, expired back in 2014, um, pursuant to Act 10, we don't have formal collective bargaining with our um, bargaining units anymore, but we do have a meet and confer process with our employee associations. Um, the reason for this conversation is motivated by the fact that we don't have collective bargaining agreements anymore. Um, under state law, um, as it relates to collective bargaining and labor relations, um, there are certain positions that can be excluded from bargaining units based on their confidential work uh, that they perform. So positions that uh, perform um, like drafting disciplinary letters, helping draft up contract proposals, grievance responses, things like that, um, have traditionally been excluded from bargaining units so as to eliminate conflicts of interest um, from those employees and their um, potential um, union brothers and sisters right next door. Um, so because we haven't had those formal union contracts except for police, fire, and transit since um, 2014, uh, the employee associations have raised the issue as to whether or not 
these confidential employees are necessary anymore. And so that came up in this uh, meet and confer process last year. Um, annually, human resources, labor relations staff will sit down and talk to representatives from the employee associations about interests of concern. And so that's what the meet and confer process is that I'm referring to. Um, they brought it up. We looked at it. We realized that they made a valid point you know, having these positions designated for confidential labor relations purposes when we don't have formal labor relations anymore with most of these groups didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, the other purpose of Comp Group 17 is uh, we've had a lot of supervisory positions in Comp Group 17 um, over administrative staff. And again, in looking at it and looking at the number of classifications that we had that were designated as supervisory in nature and the closeness of their positioning in the salary schedule, again, we looked at that this was an opportunity to potentially consolidate um, some classifications and move that supervisory function into Comp Group 18, which is where the rest of our supervisors and uh, professionals um, are classified. So basically the net result of Comp Group 11 is that for those positions that aren't supervisory, that don't have this labor relations function anymore, we're moving them into the employee association in their respective classifications. And for those supervisory positions, we're looking to create a new um, classification of administrative supervisor in Comp Group 18 to reflect that work. Um, throughout this process, we had consultation with the associations. We met with each employee and their supervisor to make sure that we were looking at their position description and appropriately determining if they had those supervisory responsibilities and whether or not that labor relations work exists. Um, we did conclude that in police, they do have an administrative assistant who is performing that labor relations function because police retains formal collective bargaining and that position is staying in Comp Group 17 as a result. Um, otherwise, the employees had the choice as to whether or not they wanted to stay in Comp Group 17 or move into the other affected Comp Groups with the understanding that upon vacancy that position would be recreated um, in the appropriate Comp Group. And all the employees I think all the employees have decided to move except for one. So those, that position is staying behind in Comp Group 17. Otherwise, um, the positions are moving as reflected on the attachment to the resolution. Thank you, Mike. I have a couple of follow-up questions just out of curiosity. So did you say that with the exception of the police administrative assistant, and by the way, was that the incumbent's choice to stay in Comp Group 17, Alyssa, or was that the chief's? Is that management's call? It was the reflection of the duties that that still does play a role in labor relations. And so, so the we chief determined that it was it. appropriate to... The chief wanted to keep it in 17, Correct. that position? Correct. And then, did, and then there are some, and I appreciate, you know, the chart that you included for us. It seems to me that there are some other employees that aren't listed on here. Could, did you say there was only one besides the chief's administrative assistant that chose to stay in 17. I know your memo talks about the litigation assistant in the city attorney's office and that you're doing a study of that position. Yes, and I believe... So I presume that's why she's not on this list. That's correct. And I believe that um, one of the mayoral office clerks actually wanted to stay in Comp Group 17. Which... So there's a third... Is it one of the blank ones, or is that... Yes. We only have one of those positions filled right now. Here's the second one on the list that says vacant, I presume. So then where it's blank. Yeah, so position number 58 has an incumbent. I, that must not have made it through on the um, org chart, but that person is staying in Concrete 17. As their choice, or was that the mayor's office? 
as their choice. Their Upon choice. vacancy, that position will be converted to Comp Group 20. And then were there others? Or is that the only one? That was the only one. Did I read that the ordinance revision specialist is in 17 currently, but I don't see on this chart? The classification is still listed in the salary schedules, but the actual position itself is in concrete 20. Oh, I see. Okay. So it really was only one employee, one incumbent employee, and one manager that requested to stay in 17. So one employee in the mayor's office requested mm -hmm. to stay. One employee is staying because of the function of the work, and that's a position in police. And then there's a litigation assistant that will be studying. Okay. So pretty much are... everybody else chose to leave. Correct. Yeah. And in my hallway conversations with some of the affected employees, they were actually excited. You probably know because they're unqualified for VIBA. Exactly. Yeah. So then my other... The, the fact that the um, police department administrative assistant isn't moving kind of begs the question, how come then the other agencies that still have collective bargaining rights, namely fire and metro transit, felt that they don't need confidential employees in those agencies? So metro transit still has um, uh, Fran Taylor in Comp Group 43 as their um, employee relations assistant, and so that position is still staying in Comp Group 43. Oh, so that's why for, I was, one, one of my follow-up questions was that Comp Group 43 isn't being deleted in this resolution, so that's because... That's because uh, of France's position. You yep. would still keep a position in 43. And so, yeah, so they still have that position. And then in fire, um, Denise Desario actually is moving into the administrative supervisor classification, and so that's why they don't have the Comp Group 17, because she provides that function but also supervises. Right, so fire won't have a confidential... But they use Denise's position as an administrative supervisor, so it's still not part of the bargaining unit. But she's supervisory, so she's moving into 18 instead of staying in 17. I see what you're saying. Okay. I appreciate that. So we're going to leave one in 43 and two, maybe three, well, three as of today in 17, and that one in 17 as a result of a study might move Correct. later in the year. Yep. Okay. And Thank once the other position in 17 becomes vacant, it'll move to 20. Yes, yep. right, right. Thank you. I just want to say uh, that I appreciate all the care you and your colleagues in HR took to meet with the uh, directly affected employees and their supervisors. Well, shout I out to Aaron Hilson that. and Labor Relations. They did a lot of the legwork yes. on this one. So <laughs> Yes, I know that Aaron yeah, and uh, Greg did a lot of the work. So thank you, Mike. Thanks to them. Thank you. Other questions? So what's the advantage of the um, employees who opted to stay in category or uh, range 17 for them to do so? It's just really their choice. I think the salaries are slightly higher um, over just because of the nature of the way raises have happened over the years. So if you stay in 17, your base salary is higher. But as Alder Revere pointed out, if you go to Comp Group 20, you have access to the VIBA. So it was really just employees having to weigh what they preferred. I'm a newbie. What's a VIBA? Um, it's a post-employment um, health benefit. It's an acronym, Voluntary Employee Beneficiary Association, I believe under the Internal Revenue Code. Okay. So they're not receiving, the people that are transitioning to the new range, they're not receiving less money. They just don't have the opportunity to make as much as the 17. Is that right? I think the dollars and cents are, I mean, like within... $50 annually. I mean, it's not a significant difference. So, I mean, 
while the base salary biweekly might be a couple dollars lower than what the 17s are making, it's, it's negligible. Thank you. And in some cases, it's actually higher. Right, so to the new category? I mean, yes, to move up. And we funded the difference in the budget. The, the fiscal note reflects it, I'll just add. You see there, there is a fiscal impact because of yeah, that. Yeah, but it didn't do it by individuals. Yeah. Okay. Other questions or discussion? Seeing none, it's been moved and seconded. All those in favor, aye. 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 Any opposed, no. The ayes have it. That item is adopted. Thank you, Mike. And that brings us to item number 12. <coughs> Move adoption. Second. Move and seconded. Mr. Phillips is here. Would anyone like to speak with him? Alderman My questions are basically for you, Mayor. Okay. Um, so I see in the agreements that will be signed that there is the requirement of a work plan. Yes. Is there a time limit around the work plan and will the council <coughs> be able to see the work plan? Um, so the expectation is that there will be annual work plans um, and we those will not go through a formal council process um, but I'm sure the various department heads will probably be happy to have conversations with you about their work plans and um, we're actually in the process right now across all the departments of them developing and um, their work plans and unsurprisingly different departments take different approaches to it and um, some of them have been at it for months um, some of them have a very engaged process with the um, not just the department head setting the work plan but with the different divisions and um, work groups and um, I mean Rob can speak to his process but uh, there is others that are a little more centralized and um, set out for the year and the reason why I ask for the two of you is if we get feedback from constituents or from citizens with negative feedback, it would be helpful if we at least knew what the goals were and maybe if it fell outside of whatever they were upset about, fell outside of what that work plan is, then we can support you. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, sure. you know, it's, it's difficult to support if we don't really know what you plan to accomplish. I guess that's my thing. I think it would also be useful there if, if you want to share or if you feel comfortable sharing that with me and mm -hmm. um, okay. I can make sure um, a meeting at least quarterly with every <coughs> department and division head and I think that's true we're setting that up um, and so part of what we'll be talking about in those regular meetings are how is the work plan going what is the feedback what needs to change or be worked on so any feedback that you collectively have as alders or that you hear from your constituents is useful in okay. um, it doesn't, I mean, how, how long have you been in the position? It doesn't seem as if this is a recurring or a, yeah, I guess a recurring contract. It's a five-year contract. It's a five-year contract, but when did you first? Start? Ten years. So you've been in the position ten years? Yes. That's okay. Right. Okay. That's, that's all I was. You might tell the Alder how long you've been with the city, though. <laughs> Over 30, 31 or something. Okay. Okay. You started in high school. <laughs> like you did. But you've been the city engineer for 10. Good Correct, yep. Okay. Okay. That's, that's all I have. Any other questions for me or for Rob? Alder Harrington McKinney. Not a question, but I want to publicly thank you for walking me through a very complex 
um, situation with uh, Jeffy Trails. I mean, literally, I learned so much from just sitting at your in your office and saying, Alder, look at this, Alder, look at this. And so I really appreciate you taking the time because it gets me or gets an Alder farther in terms of understanding the complexity of your work. And so I want to publicly thank you for helping me to get past that. Absolutely. And your team. You bet. Thank you. We'll be back. Make a comment that I'm sure the mayor will support, but um, this is because I've been working on it in my um, day job, is if we can change his or her to their. Yes. But I, it is my intention to go I know it is. all I'm of our language <laughs> and make sure that we change, that we start using their pronouns That's, rather than. Yes. So in the contract template, we need to change yeah. to their. Somebody make a note for HR. <laughs> Thank you. <coughs> Any other questions or comments? Uh, All right. Seeing none, it's been moved and seconded. All those in favor, aye. 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 Any opposed, no? All right. Thank you, Rob. Congratulations, Rob. Congrats. <laughs> and that brings us to item 13, Alder Bedar. Move adoption. And second. Seconded. Questions or oh, discussion? Was, I had the same questions. Yes, I did. Mr. Walker? No. I don't. <laughs> no questions. Congratulations. No. Don't. Any questions for Mr. Walker? Congratulations. All right. Seeing none, it's been moved and seconded. All those in favor, aye. 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 Any opposed? No. You guys have it? Thank you, Mr. Walker. Congratulations, Matt. <laughs> and that brings us to item number 18, Alder Bidar. Move, um, move adoption, sorry. And second that. Moved and seconded. Questions? Alder Revere. Thank you, Mayor. Yes, I had a question for Janet. Thanks for sticking around a few minutes, Janet. My question, and I fully support the intent of the resolution, so that's not the basis of my question. I was just curious, uh, looking at the fiscal note, the timing uh, this year of the various utilities uh, rate increases coming before us policymakers. If you, I know last we originally, you know, for years and years it was in December. And then the last few years, it's been in March that we've we've considered the rate increases. Is the plan for this year to have the resolution come before us in March? Effective. Um, I, I believe April March or day. April is when they're planning on bringing it forward. Rob wants to say something too. If he wants to come back, and that's, that's our intent again this year. Is so we'll we'll see it here at the finance committee in March. Yes, you will for, for yep. all of, all of the utilities. That that, you, that is correct. You yep. run. Okay. Yep. And then. And then just to confirm what the fiscal note says, the, the effect of this resolution will be that instead of what's contained in the adopted operating budget of approximately 10% rate increase, you're now estimating as of today it'll be a 13% rate increase for the yep, storm. We wanted to be very transparent about that, that uh, this will have a, an impact on what it's already anticipated to be a very high rate increase. I appreciate your transparency. <laughs> Do you, by chance, off the top of your head, know what the impact on the average residential property would be with a 13% rate increase, by chance, ballpark? Banner um, Rivers, but <laughs> so I know. Um, I know the 10% was estimated to be about for a single-family home about nine dollars and sixty cents a year annually okay. increase. Um, I didn't do the math on the 13, but it's going to be somewhere in that around there. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Any 
questions? Alder Marland. Maybe this is planned. Is there a way that we could get kind of a cheat sheet saying, you know, it is going up, but in return, this is what we're doing that could affect other things since we're doing these watershed studies to, I'm hoping sure. to come up with a plan to mitigate flooding, which was a big thing. Yeah, I mean, certainly that is what's driving the, the rate increase is the uh, watershed studies and uh, ultimately we'll have projects to prioritize as a result of those studies and that'll be a big challenge to come up with the priorities for that. But it is expensive. Uh, the, uh, a big fix is probably six, seven million dollars um, a piece for a really big fix. Yeah. I mean, if we, if we, and I don't know whether you guys know or not, but if we knew kind of a ballpark of what um, citizens said they lost as far as the flooding, some of the flooding, if we had kind of an idea in, in these studies and ultimate um, fixes, right. we'll prevent that from reoccurring, hopefully. So what we were seeing, and I think I really do feel like this was underreported, but we were estimating about $30 million with the damages um, citywide with um, large majority of that coming from the health care clinics over on the west side in the Old Sock Trails business park. Um, so the, the damage, and I know, I also know that a lot of people had not reported their damages at all. So um, I really do think the 30 million is underreported, but that's what we were estimating. Okay. I, I just think it would kind of soften the blow for another right. increase. I think the Alders point is well taken that we should be collectively communicating well about what the financial impact of flooding has been and how spending this money up front um, hopes to mitigate future impact on private property. And I also just want to say that we're very aware of this increasing cost on the utility side and, and that I, I personally don't think it's sustainable in the long term and we're going to have to figure out how to support particularly low-income households that are impacted by these utility costs. And that's, I mean, that's a question this body is going to have to wrestle with at some point. And the avenues that are perhaps most interesting that are available to other cities are not available to us. And so we just have to figure out what, how we want to handle that. Um, but as Rob points out, this is just the studies, yeah. right? Yeah. This isn't even funding the projects and doing the work. So. We, we do have some pretty big challenges ahead of us uh, with respect to handling flooding. Other questions or comments? Alder Harrington McKinney. I had two, uh, <clears throat> two questions as a follow-up. You mentioned the priority and how are you going to prioritize that selection process? Is that a process that you're working on? Is that on the table? And, you know, how do you move toward that to get to those that are more significant that you're going to have to begin work on. Well, that's, that's, uh, that, that's something that we were working on, but at this point, the the uh, studies have not uh, yet identified specific <laughs> improvements yet. So that's going to be happening over time, and not all at once either. As studies get, because all the studies are in various states, right? Some of them are further along than others. So we're going to start getting those in, and with the next year, I think, within yeah, the next year, we'll and uh, we'll start we'll start getting some of those, and we'll have to. Um, I think, and Janet, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's more work to do in figuring out how to fairly prioritize those projects that really hasn't 
uh, hasn't taken place. As we get those, we're going to have to figure out uh, how to prioritize those and what criteria to, pri to prioritize those with. And that's yet to be developed, I think. Well, we, we have a framework, but I think it's going to have to be vetted. So we internally had some ideas on that, but um, without having a specific handful of projects and seeing how that shakes out, I don't know if that's really <coughs> fair to, you know, put forward as a final um, process for vetting the projects. Um, but, it, I mean, it, uh, our criteria is going to be, on, you know, how many, uh, the damages, of course, and what the the cost for repair and what kind of neighborhood uh, is, is it in? Is it going to be in a more challenged neighborhood? Is it more pro prosperous? Is, um, you know, economic losses? So it, it's going to be difficult to, difficult to weigh these. I expect it will also take into account when there's synergy on other public works oh, yeah. projects. Correct, yes. Right, so if we're one. already going in to fix a street and we can do a stormwater improvement at the same time, it's a lot easier to do than, you know, if you're not already in the in the area. So there's, I, I think Janice's right, there's a whole list of things that we'll want to look at. Mm -hmm. And that's not quite soup yet, but. And we're trying, to, we're trying to keep the studies as much as we can a step ahead of the major construction work so that we can use the studies to inform our, our major decisions on, on what we're doing. And again, I just uh, want to um, add the importance of informing and keeping the communities informed as we move along that process. And so I hear that it's on your agenda, and thank you, Alder uh, Moreland, for bringing that, that up. <clears throat> Any other questions or discussion? Uh, seeing none, it's been moved and seconded. All those in favor, aye. 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 Any opposed, no. The ayes have it. That item is passed. Alder Moreland. Thank you. Aye. Moved and seconded to adjourn. All those in favor, aye. 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 Any opposed, no. We are adjourned.